0: Hello and welcome to the Real Film Podcast My name's Phil
1: And my name is Corey
0: And today we're going to be continuing on with our Best of Pixar tournament So this is sort of a knockout knockout style tournament uh, Where we sort of seeded what we thought were the best 16 Pixar films um, Today we're going to be, this is part four and this is going to be our final part so We're down to our last four uh, you know, so we'll get, have it all wrapped up today. Um, and it's quite nice because this is, we're doing it in person today. We're actually looking at each other face to face.
1: Yeah, it's uh. really nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it, I usually have your camera turned off when we do it. Yeah, that. honestly. Yeah, so I, yeah I, I might vomit midway through. Okay.
1: But it's nice to be fair. We haven't done this in a while. Um, I feel like there's always. Some things that are better in person. Yeah. I don't particularly want to look at your face. I was going to say, you're not one of
0: them. I I actually think the only other podcast we've ever done in person was the BFI one, which was our very first one. And I'm sure if we listen to it back now, things were...
1: Well, that yeah, that was, um, we had sound problems and it's very long and we don't really, we just talked at each other for... Two hours basically. Yeah. which So not much podcast. has changed to be yeah, honest. Best,
0: the best <laughs> podcast. Um but yeah, anyway, today we are you know, better at doing this, I think. Nearly. Um nearly. Mm. We're getting it. We're getting that. No. So let's just hop into it. So in our last a quick recap of what we did last time was um we had Toy Story versus Toy Story Three, which the original Toy Story one. We had Wally versus Inside Out, the Wally one. Corey looks a bit despondent about that. Still
1: very upset about it.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, And then we have Coco versus Ratatouille, which Coco won. And then we had Toy Story 2 versus The Incredibles 2, which Toy Story 2 won. Now, as we were just prepping for this podcast, we both had the sort of reaction we didn't expect Incredibles 2 to go that far.
1: No, I think, to be fair, when it comes to like a a knockout tournament, it really does depend who it comes up against, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, I remember us saying at the start that. Well, I know I said for a fact that Toy Story 4, actually, depending on who it comes up against, was not a dark horse to come on the way. I don't think it was ever going to be Final Four, Final Two. But I think... I enjoy Toy Story 4 so much that yeah. I think there was almost like a depending on who it came up against if it, it came up against the right far. people it could go yeah. quite surprisingly far yeah. but I am surprised Incredibles 2's come up against uh, well come this far I guess
0: I think we had it quite low in our seedings mm. I think that's probably why because I mean again it's not like none of the films in this list are bad by no, any no. stretch in the main but it was just lower in the seedings and I think it just had good competition um, which is you know it's interesting but you know sadly it came up against Toy Story 2 um yeah <laughs> and that's a that's a good sweet good night to Incredibles yeah. too. there
1: we do try and stay pretty impartial like we don't want to give away what we're going to choose but I think individually in our heads we're like probably we do know. some
0: sometimes you just know yeah those films I don't think I honestly don't think with any of these four last films though there is one clear winner for any of them I think no it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult one. So should we just get in and get started?
1: Yeah, I would just like to say also for the rest of this that my plan ever since Inside Out is to sabotage Phil in everything he does. So
0: just because I <laughs> you know we, I actually I like explained what happened. We were talking about it off microphone. I basically said to him, I was like I had convinced myself into saying okay, I'm gonna go for Wally over Inside Out. Um, I, there isn't too much in it, but there's just things I like about it more. And, you know, you can go back and listen to the discussion why I did give a reason why. I set up, in in my mind, I was like, you know what, Inside Out is going to go through because of the way we do the tiebreaker where we go with um, critic consensus online and stuff. And I was like, everyone thinks Inside Out is better than Wally, don't they? Um, and I think I just forgot about how big the response to Wally was because it's been quite a few years now. Um mm-hmm. And I don't think I was. I wasn't. You know, t- two thousand nine. I wasn't into film as much as I, you know, I as much as I am now. So when I went online, then it was just like pretty much everyone rated Wally that little bit higher than Inside Out, and I could just feel your soul slipping away.
1: Basically, I was snaked. That's how it feels. You know, it's not a nice feeling. You know, just pretty upset about it i don't really want to go into it
0: holding <laughs> <laughs> back the tears no. Hey ho! i think it makes it it makes it a bit more because the problem is for anyone who knew you or listened to you talk about inside out they kind of knew that you you thought that was the best
1: pixar film already yeah i mean so like i've said on multiple occasions before we've even done a podcast together how highly I rate inside out
0: so it does make it a little bit more open it makes the field a little bit more open doesn't it now which is, I think, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. The
0: look on your face is not <laughs> convincing. But...
1: No, it's okay. But we, I mean, the final four, they're not exactly bad films, are they? I mean, <laughs> so I'm not going to complain. Oh, I don't know,
0: yeah. Any kind of shit, aren't they? <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: Should we get started then? Yeah, uh, let's do it. So our first one was Toy Story versus Coco. So, you know, we've got the very first ever Pixar film versus uh, one of the more recent... Uh, like Oscar-winning ones. Um, where do you start with these two films, though? Because do you know what? you know what's interesting is? I think we spoke about this in our last podcast. Is that Disney and Pixar have both managed to um, create this really interesting way of bringing in different cultures and different perspectives and different representation into their films nowadays. Um, and I think. It's really hard to compare that kind of film, I think, to Toy Story because Toy Story wasn't trying to do anything like that but was just groundbreaking in its own way. Um, So I think think
1: it's interesting because to go off what you're saying there, like Toy Story is a feat of of animation, isn't it? It's not, you know, companies like Pixar and Disney, they're able to develop and have things where they can, you know, create better representation because of stuff like toy story yeah that was at so groundbreaking at the time yeah. so it's kind of hard when you're comparing stuff with toy story because it's like none of these none of the rest of these films are anything you know Absolutely. without toy story Absolutely. this is the one that started it and i mean i said in the i mean we're going to end up repeating ourselves a little bit just because you know we have the same points to make about why yeah, these movies yeah. are so good but you know this it's not even like Toy Story's dated, like no, not it's, in You know, and it, it just looks like to be fair. Most of the Pixar catalog is very similar. It's just you can see the development in technology and animation and stuff. But I think the quality in storytelling has never really changed. Mm-hmm. So I, while I do, you know, on that point, I guess while Coco is such a fantastic representation of this culture, you know all the other Pixar films are kind of like nothing without Toy Story. But, you know, that's not obviously me saying Toy Story. You know, Coco is, in its own merit, is, you know, it's done some stuff that no other Pixar film has ever done. And it's all about, like, evolving. I mean, without evolution, Pixar would be nothing. Mm. And that's why we talk about this these films that come out in the past few years that we well okay what well, was a few years ago now I keep forgetting it's 2022 <laughs> but, Coco was five years ago yeah that's crazy to me <laughs> um, but obviously you know previously we've talked about Inside Out and then two years later Coco these two big films for me at the time and for both of us absolutely. Um, in that they were just because I felt like Pixar were getting into a real bad habit of remaking stuff Not that their sequels were bad necessarily; they just weren't as interesting. Or stuff like Monsters University and then Finding Dory. It's just not films that are very good, in my opinion. Mm. So, I think it was really nice at the time, especially with where we were at with movies, to watch something like Coco because it kind of just like rejuvenated like how good Pixar with are with storytelling. I think
0: one hundred percent, and it was so unique perspective for us because I mean, like we do obviously try to watch as much film and expose ourselves to as many different cultures as we can through cinema but um i feel like uh, mexico is one mexican culture particularly in american media in general film and tv and everything is so uh, extraordinarily misrepresented that i know that this isn't specifically a mexican film but it's a lovely way to sort of remind people of the beautiful culture that it really has um, but yeah, no, to just going back to something you were saying about Toy Story as well, actually, I know you were saying about how it's an impressive feat and everything like that, but I still think that, you know, it's something I think about, um, it's uh, about all of Toy Story films, but I think specifically about the first two, because it's interesting. These two are going through. I think this is one of the reasons why I think they are both pretty timeless. Yeah. And I, I do think that, th- Toy Story three and four do have the same timeless quality, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's more nostalgic for me those two or something. But I feel like there's something about those two that just doesn't date ever. Not just the technology, but the story and everything in it. There's, they've made them in a way where you don't really see too much of um, like the technology and stuff. I mean, like in, in we'll go into Toy Story two later that has some cars, and you know, Toy Story one has some cars, and you see like petrol stations and stuff like that which you know m- might one day become defunct but the, but the thing is these it's not like showing us too much yeah, you know what yeah i mean it's yeah. in a it's in a way and i'm sure they've done that on purpose
1: pixar just uh, throughout their entire catalogue especially with toy story is, is what i mean about why it's so timeless is that and while everything feels consistent throughout their catalogue is the storytelling has never faulted yeah in quality and it's all like all about universality as well isn't it like oh yeah they don't focus solely on like one thing from a from a period do they I mean they're very universal films and that's why they're so popular absolutely Um, but they do it in a way which is you know really because all of Disney does that Mm. in a way Mm. but it's not always great from just Disney Mm. whereas Pixar have done very well at combining quality and universality basically and I think Toy Story is like the pinnacle of that being at first yeah definitely and I think you're right I think Coco has that thing where it, it feels like it has a timeless quality i do always think it's a bit of an unfair advantage to say something has stood the test of time because by now you can say toy story has stood the test of time it was like 27 years ago now Um, (laughs) so you can be like yeah it's definitely stood the test of time whereas but you know i think a film like coco will 100 percent stand the test of time i think a film say like monsters university or finding dory 20 years people will forget that yeah. they existed. Yeah. I know that they, I mean, I'm probably not finding Dory considering how much money it made, but um, <laughs> like, I think it is an unfair advantage to say something has mm. like, stood the test of time, but it is something, it's just something they have. Like okay. we've had, we've had this discussion, haven't we, before when we've done bigger versions of this tournament. If the a film from the forties is still great today, it kind of, has trumped a little bit a movie that's like five years ago yeah like it's just an unfair advantage but i i do think something that has to be said for coco is that you do feel like it's going to be a classic oh yeah you feel like in 30 40 years people are still going to talk about it as like one of the best
0: absolutely and i do think one of the reasons why coco will be a timeless classic is because of um the emotional impact yeah it has so I have a question for you. I feel like we might have asked this with Coco in comparison to other films, but Coco on the whole just works in every aspect. Yeah. But it, it has a beautiful ending that makes me tear up every time I watch it. And I mean, I'm not a soppy sod like you. You tear yeah. up at
1: everything. But... Look... It... If you don't tear up, you're obviously just not into the film, anymore, <laughs> you know.
0: But um yeah, so I I do get a lump in my throat. I do tear up at the end of Coco every time I watch it. Do you think there's anything in Toy Story which reaches that same sort of emotionality, if that's a word?
1: Um no, I don't think there is to me. Uh I, I suppose in a way I think it really depends on I think Coco has a lot of themes and things it's discussing that will, like, cause mm. this kind of emotionality. Whereas Toy Story doesn't as much. Um, I don't know whether or not that's sort of something against Toy Story. It's just the fact that it's just not that kind of film. Yeah. Because um, I feel like, like we said about, like, evolution, is that Pixar know that they are, they can become a bit more, they can challenge more because difficult- I mean, we talked about Up, didn't we, in the first round? Yeah. In that opening scene. The stuff they're talking about in that opening scene is like very mature, mm-hmm. and I feel like with this level where Toy Story is at, maybe maturity. While it still feels like everyone can enjoy it, maturity in themes maybe isn't what they were like going for at first. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Coco will have that edge in the the emotionality of it. It just feels like progression of Pixar. They they know they're like they know what they can make films about, and mm-hmm. they sort of probably. I'd like to think in, you know, as things mature, like Pixar will keep on making films like Coco and can actually go a bit further. So no is the answer. I don't think Toy Story has anything like that. I don't think it's anything against Toy Story. But I think, and in fact, Coco probably is, other than Inside Out, uh, (laughs) Coco is probably the one for me that is like the most emotionally resonant, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I would put Soul up there, but unfortunately, it didn't make it through. You know, that's what a shame. <laughs> that's just how it goes. But I, I, I agree that I feel like in recent years that they're trying to tackle uh, more mature themes um, in a way that... that I, I, th- I think making it as emotional as is, is, is really important because not only does it sort of um, hit home for the kids who are watching how important this is, but it gives something as adults. There's a reason we're talking about essentially kid and family films like this, because the quality is so high and they do things that are worth talking about.
1: Um, Well, it's important, isn't it? Isn't it? Because they realize that being a family film and to be honest, people will always like say they're kids films. People always do say that. And it's like, if you want to, if, Maybe, I don't agree with that. I think mm. it's, everyone can watch them. Yeah. Um. Sure, there's immaturity involved with them, but that for the kids. But I think they've realized that they have a platform here where they can teach kids stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and the issues over the past few years where it just feels like everyone is so backwards with stuff. I think Pixar almost learned that having this audience of the next generation, if they are able to show representation like Coco or something like Soul... Mm. Then you know they are able to sort of mould the next generation into a, like better people, mm. and that's something that they've learned and they've developed. And with a lot of like the recent films like Coco and Soul, they've you know done really well with. I mean, they still make their films like we you know we talked about Onward, which is in the first round that's not necessarily and doing anything special. It's very fantasy based, mm. um, but it's nice to see that they have films like this with Coco and uh, Soul. So but then again you know when they were at that stage with toy story they probably weren't that bothered about doing that which you know <clears throat> i feel like the the world needs to progress a bit more mm. but it's nice to see that something like disney and pixar can you know represent people that need it basically
0: definitely definitely 100% i mean it's it's even are you think, talking you know, we can compare this back to toy story in some ways as well because when you think about Toy Story is so. toy so much of what Toy Story is doing. It's about being open and acceptable to new people, yeah, isn't it? I mean, in that first one, a large part of it is Woody not being open to Buzz because they are so different. And I think, I think they've been they've been talking about this sort of stuff since that very first film, yeah. but it's just evolved in different ways, definitely. Um, and yeah, I do, I do think you can apply all these things to the original Toy Story. Um, so it makes it a very hard choice between the two,
1: yeah. It's a nice discussion, but I think we're just kind of like <laughs> we like, we know we're gonna have to decide between the two, yeah. Um, got that
0: sinking feeling, you got, are you ready or did you need to? Okay,
1: so I feel like, I mean, let's talk about specifics before we do. I, sure. one thing I feel like I know I mentioned this again when we talked about soul was voice casting, yes. Now, in Toy Story. They will have basically gone down as like, you know, some of the best voice performances by like Tom Hanks. It's iconic, isn't it? Oh yeah. Do you think I think Coco, while it doesn't specifically have like voices that stand out, voices that you think, wow, that's that's great. Mm. I think with the emotionality, there's almost like it feels like there's more work to do for the people in Coco. Yeah. And um I think that's something that people don't talk about when they talk about Coco. Is like you know visually it's beautiful story's fantastic but also you know all the performers the Pixar are very good at picking people and all the performers in Coco are fantastic as well yeah definitely Um, it's just maybe it's not as iconic as having like you know Tom Hanks and um, Tim Allen Tim Tim Allen I was about to say Woody Allen but it definitely wasn't (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see Woody Allen do bars yeah maybe I was thinking of Ants (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow that for you yeah. yeah iconic
1: yeah but um yeah i think it's important just to you know mention all aspects of what these films have and yeah, like definitely. another thing that okoko has is obviously such a great voice cast as does you know toy Story obviously is iconic now isn't it i mean yeah, yeah, they've yeah. done four films with them yeah um so again th- this doesn't really help us in making decisions but no. you know it's just <laughs> nice to talk about things like this i do
0: i i agree completely i feel like something that um, they felt like they might have had to do back then is get in recognizable names yeah. to watch these films. P- Everyone knew who Tom Hanks was in 95? Yeah, of I course. Know who Tim Allen was
1: I me mean, mid nineties. Those two were on fire, weren't they?
0: Exactly. And I think they had. You know, you're talking about now how their their casting is absolutely on point. I think they struck gold there where they probably felt like they had to get names that people knew because it's a brand new studio. It's a franchise no one's ever heard of. Like now people, as soon as a Pixar or Disney film comes out, people go, oh, well, Disney Pixar, let's go and watch it. You know, it's a
1: name. People don't care that much who's in it yeah. more is where they would have, if liked... because in the not think about it, came out in '95. Tom Hanks was fresh off a double Oscar win back y- to back. Yeah. He was literally the biggest star in the world at the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's like people are going to go and watch it because Tom Hanks is in it. Absolutely. And obviously, but- Tim Allen was a very popular com- com- comedy actor at the time as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, so. absolutely.
0: And I just, something to say off that as well is that I, I, I don't feel like they've put them in just for the sake of putting big name stars in. I do feel like they specifically chosen because they were perfect for the characters i mean as you say woody and buzz their voices are absolutely iconic nowadays
1: yeah you would never put anyone else to their no to their exactly face, and i mean
0: i just think they had they they had that fantastic casting back then and now but now they can they can choose people. I mean, you think about, I know that this isn't Pixar, this is Disney, but Moana, for example, yeah. you know, the um, the voice actor who plays the Moana character, that was the first film she'd ever done. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, she's absolutely awesome for that film. And I imagine um, uh, Coco has similar people. I don't know if the the voice actor for Miguel did anything before yeah. this. and But I mean, that doesn't matter. Now, you don't need these big names to sell the film. Uh, which I think is great. I think it's fantastic that we can do this and we can give people this opportunity.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: and again, it just goes back to the fact that Toy Story comes from a completely different time, and it, this is why it's so hard to compare them. Because, as you said, what well, as we've said multiple times, are doing completely different things um, from you know completely different points of view. Pixar back then is not the same Pixar now, but neither is a bad pixar yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean they, mm. they are just better yeah. um and yeah it just i'm tried. i'm just going around in circles yeah and... i think <laughs> i think the
1: thing is it's the issue is is we both know how good these films are and literally all this is this episode will be is because they're quite hard films to compare really in a way because they're doing different things from different times i know i said you know probably like if we were doing comparison point in Toy Story's favour would be that it's like you know nothing in Pixar mm-hmm. is would have been uh would have happened without Toy Story but then a point in Coco's favour is how much mature it feels as, as you know time's gone on yeah so it, it, it's difficult to compare them and this whole episode will probably just be as gushing over these films yeah um and occasionally me being salty about Inside Out um <laughs> but you know I, I think kind out. of we're just going to basically gush and then Probably just in the moment decided. (laughs) So, do you think you're ready? I'm gonna go for it. I think I will. I'm going to as well. You go first, though.
0: All right, okay. I'm gonna go with Coco. Um, it's a very difficult decision, but I just think, um, what Coco is doing is it's very different to what Toy Story is doing. I know we're repeating ourselves here, but I think because of that, I think because it's aiming that bit higher. I just appreciate it more, and I think it's important to um, include different cultures and different representations. And it's like it, it, it's not like I'm saying that Toy Story is bad for not doing those things. It just comes from a different time when they couldn't do these things, and it's just I have to appreciate what I think of Coco now and how Coco makes me feel. Like as as we were saying, there isn't really a moment in the first Pixar, well, first Pixar in the first Toy Story, in which I have that same emotional punch. But I don't think that's the only point in Coco that has that punch. I think there's punch after punch after punch. Yeah, there is multiple, yeah. Leading up to it. Um, And unfortunately, I just don't think that, for me, Toy Story has the same um, emotional resonance.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. I think, uh, well, we obviously know each other very well, and I think we know... We have a, always have an inkling of which who's gonna who's gonna pick what. I am gonna pick Coco as well. Um, I think it, it comes back to something that again these are all gonna get like for personal reasons because you know they, it, to say one's better than the other is quite difficult, but oh, it yeah. does come down to what personal preferences. Yeah, I'm basing this on something I've said in the previous previous uh, podcast about Toy Story. Is that because to- Toy Story came out a year before I was born, so I I don't have like incredible amounts of nostalgia like i do have nostalgia because i did watch it when i was a kid but i don't remember it as well as something like toy story 2 Mm. which is was like my movie when i was younger so like um i didn't have that kind of nostalgic connection and although i don't obviously have a nostalgic connection to coco i think how coco how good i thought coco was in the moment that we watched it like 2017 when it came out um i think i just think i've all like i've I've gone a long stretch of time thinking that Toy Story was just like great, but I don't really remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, rewatching it and understanding like where you know what it started and stuff like that, um, and also it comes back to the evolution thing. In that I'm aware, you know, I'm aware that Toy Story started it all, and you have to be very thankful for that. But that doesn't always necessarily make it the best in quality. And I think w- we talk about evolution. Coco is a prime example of. Um, emotional maturity and also cultural maturity and it's a bit like what you said the representation is incredibly important and I feel like Coco is the best example um, that we've seen from Pixar in that they are they aren't you know afraid to show different cultures Mm -hmm. and you know they they celebrate them don't they and I think Coco it's very important to be a celebration, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm picking it, basically.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And it's sad that we have to see Toy Story go out, but, you know, I did think it was going to go far. I didn't know if it was going to go this far. I'm glad it did, you know, I think as a testament to the quality of the film. I mean, the fact that half of the final four is Toy Story films, and all four of them were in the... Sixteen, yeah, is a testament to the quality of all four.
1: Footwear. Well, I said this when we were talking about Toy Story Four. Toy Story is the poster child of Pixar. They are that is the franchise that yeah. I know they've done more iconic stuff like Finding Nemo stuff like that. But Toy Story is there like baby, and that's yeah. why all the sequels are great and why they're all they were always going to go quite far. Yeah, it's because they put so much effort into making them class. Yeah, and that's exactly what the first Toy Story is. They've been class from the get go. So yeah. it's a shame to see it go. But I know how both of us feel about Coco. Yeah. Um, so, when when we first started this round, was there any initial thought that because I know we've done a couple of rounds recent, like in the past couple of podcasts, where you've been like, "Oh, that actually surprises me," because you thought I was going to lean another way. Yeah. Was there any initial thoughts that of like who? What was your first thought when you came into this round?
0: Uh, I initially, when I looked at it and they go, "Toy Story versus Coco," I do have the initial leaning towards Coco, but I I I feel like it's because. I've, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm always going to lean towards the emotional maturity and uh, the sort of cultural importance in that. But when talking about it, I did wonder whether or not we were going to swing more towards Toy Story because of its importance in relation to Pixar and just its importance in general in sort of um, uh, kids' animation or family yeah, animation, I should yeah. say, sorry. Or well, just animation
1: uh, in general, yeah. I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, although I had an initial sort of knee-jerk reaction to Coco I was open to being swayed towards Toy Story. Yeah. Well, for sure.
1: That's that's what's always going to happen. We're always going to have a knee-jerk reaction. But this this next one uh god I hate it when it's like semifinals it's hard. Yeah. Um so the next one Toy Story 2 versus Wally. Yes. Now, I know the last <laughs> round wall went through in controversial fashion, but I'm not, I'm not complaining. I've explained in the past few things that Wally for me, I have a very strange relationship with the film because it came out around the time when Pixar were making really great movies. I was just getting old enough to think that they were kids' films, so I wasn't particularly interested in them. I didn't think wall was that good when I first watched it. Mm. But as you get older and you kind of... You know when you're a teenager and you don't want to you want to be an adult so quickly and then you get to an age where you're like, Why did I want to do that so much? Yeah. And then you re-watch these films and you learn so much more about them from an adult's perspective. Wally is really spectacular in that. And my love of it may only be like recent years, but it's certainly like grown exponentially. Yeah. You know, I'm very salty about the last round, but you uh, haven't you haven't let any inkling.
0: You've been very nuanced with your opinions on that. But uh I agree, and I think do you know what it was? Is I have the same although, you know, you can hear me gush about my opinions of Wally and stuff in Inside Out I'm sure, when it was going up against Inside Out, and I'm sure you'll get them in here as well. But I had the same thing of when I very first watched it, I didn't like it. And I'm, it was exactly the same thing. I was a stupid teenager. It's a kids' film. Yeah, that's uh, it. Exactly, yeah. And then you grow up and you're like, oh well, this is actually something special. Um, and I, I had exactly the same experience. It's only really in recent years that I appreciate how good it is. And I mean, as I've said previously, and I have a um, sort of affinity for anything vaguely sci-fi based that isn't blockbustery.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we were talking about this the other day that i would much rather go and watch um something like i don't know blade runner or close encounters of the third kind or arrival or something like that over star wars or you know that sort of stuff not have anything against those films i just think sci-fi gives you a really interesting opportunity to talk about um very human and relatable uh issues in a unique way yeah um and also, I think it's just it's just fun. It's just different. I think it's nice to see how people think the future could be. Um, so you know I, I I think that's something that's really interesting about Wally is that, you know, for the kids, you're showing, you know I think so obviously, one of the big issues of uh, that that Wally is trying to combat is talking about um global warming mm-hmm. and Uh, just general waste and sort of trying to create a greener planet Mm -hmm. is a big part of it, obviously. And I think having that, by having this solitary robot on this desolate Earth is, you know, on the surface, you can just bat it off and be like, oh, it's just a funny little robot Mm -hmm. doing boxes and stuff. But when you think about it, when you think about that version of Earth, it's very dystopian.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And
0: having that to show kids this is... Not that that's the future that could happen, but being like, you know, just be wary that... Well, it's you interesting,
1: know. you know, this is around Oscar time when Don't Look Up is nominated mm. for Best Picture, which is uh, Adam McKay's, you know, kind of basically asking everyone to wake the fuck up about climate change. But it's like, I know it may be, it, they're completely different films, but Wally is... Not exactly like a wake-the-fuck-up kind of film, is it? But it's still challenging this stuff, you know, and that was 13 years ago. Yeah. And I just find it very interesting that, although we're doing all this stuff, people still feel the need, and more drastically, because that's what Don't Look Up is, a very drastic message, is that nothing's really changed. (laughs) Um, But no, I think we spoke about this in the previous round when it was against Inside Out, is that Wally... (laughs) It's very brave... a film like Wally to do that Um, but one thing I I took away from that round was when you talking about the sort of because I always saw it as a very universal message but you almost saw it as like about humans being in their rut and um, you know being able to get out of that rut and that's kind of what there's more of a personal message in there
0: well I think I think yeah I I think I said this in the last one as well about how I think there's both of those messages I do think Wally is a more layered film than than people can give it credit for i'm sure film academics and universities will tell you x y and z about you know all the different nuances and stuff in it i just don't feel like a i i feel like you hear the um the green message coming through and then you don't often hear the other aspects of the film because yeah. i feel like there are many aspects of the film which aren't talking about that and they're talking about different things
1: yeah well i think it, well, it comes back to that thing where you said like uh the message is very on the nose but it's quite important that it's on the nose it's a quite a fine balance where it's not so on the nose that you're like jesus christ yeah um you know like you know the Pokemon movie for example <laughs> which we did watch <laughs> recently where they, where they actively stand there and tell you the themes one by one yeah exactly <laughs> um, which is kind of ruined my, my nostalgia of that film but um back to Wally. Uh <laughs> yeah it's because it, it's so on because it is on the nose and it, yeah. you know you kind of forget there's other stuff they're talking about in the film mm. uh, and this is what I mean like I didn't even think about that personal thing the you know the thing that you took away from it yeah so it was more interesting like maybe i didn't feel that it's not like a bad thing against wally that i didn't feel that it's just you know it's kind of your own interpretation oh
0: absolutely yeah but
1: it's a very in- interesting interpretation um but i mean so it's up against toy story 2 yes. and i literally in the previous matchup i literally said how much nostalgia i have for toy story 2 yes i mean so i was born in 96 There's, i was three years old when it came out i, I I'm gonna say, I mean, we even spoke, didn't we, we were saying like what was the first movies we saw in cinema? Chances are Toy Story 3, uh, Toy Story 2 was the first one I saw. Toy Story 3, fucking hell. Yeah, I actually didn't go cinema until 2010. <laughs> <laughs> um But this was the movie because I remember having it on VHS and on yeah. DVD, and it was like, this is the movie for me that was like, I don't know, this is like a different level of nostalgia. This was like the movie mm-hmm. that I watched when I was younger. Um but then again you know that, that's not that's never like overshadowed the fact that there's a hell of a lot of uh, quality in there um you know there's still It's quite brave to i don't know i'll talk about one scene in particular which has never made me I've never watched a scene like it it's still that one where woody gets repaired
0: oh god it's it's, it's just astonishing
1: oh, i isn't can't it? believe how satisfying that scene no yeah. film no pixar film has ever made a scene like that that's yeah. that satisfying yeah. um and although again we come back to this thing where like, you know, there's representation things and like it's not talking about something as big as like global warming, but there's it still kind of just shows you that like people go this this far into the uh, competition, we have got Toy Story and Toy Story Two, which were well, what, the first and the third in their catalogue and they're still this high just because of how enjoyable they are, Mm -hmm. how much quality is put into it and how Mm. good the storytelling is still. Um, And maybe, I guess maybe there's some shroud of nostalgia over me a little bit, but I think we both agree that Toy Story 2 literally is like, I personally think... It's better than Toy Story because now Toy Story's gone. Yeah, I I can say that comfortably. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I can. Uh, before we go on, why don't we just quickly actually give? What do you think? What's your rate like ranking of all the Toy Story films?
1: Yeah, I do remember we started doing this and we realised that it probably isn't a good idea when we're they might come up against each other. So two, one, three, for me.
0: Not four. Four's just not in the list.
1: No, four doesn't exist. <laughs> I would say two. Yeah, uh, two, one, three, four, but. I, for some reason, I don't know if it's. I, I just, I'm, the more I think about Toy Story 4, the more I like it. Mm. So I give it a few years, might overtake 3.
0: <laughs> well, for yeah, for me, it's 2 1 4 3. Mm. I like 3, but for me, as soon as I saw Toy Story 4, I preferred it to 3. Yeah. Apologies, there's going to be a weird cut there. We started going on a tangent about Toy Story 3 and 4 and then forgot where we were. So we're going to bring it back to save time. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, there's one thing we do very well, it's that we go off on tangents, but we are trying to get better at just yeah. stopping them. <laughs>
0: Basically, so that's what we did, and we forgot where we were. We were talking about Toy Story 2, but actually yeah. something I was going to say is you were talking about Toy Story 2 earlier, and I think um, one of, although although nostalgia is obviously, obviously an important aspect to consider, I do also think that... One of the reasons we talk about Toy Story 1 and 2 still nowadays isn't just nostalgia. I think it's because the quality of filmmaking in general, not just animation, because obviously we mentioned in Toy Story that the animation is still great, but the actual quality of filmmaking and storytelling is still insanely good. So, like, I know if we can compare it to Wally or um, Coco or something like that, there's obviously they they have these big important messages that they're talking about that maybe the Toy Stories don't try and combat such big existential issues, but the the issues they're talking about are still important, and the way that they're telling them is just still incredibly well made. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just difficult to compare those sorts of things. It's exactly the same issue with Wally and 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 Toy Story. I know they're closer in age than Coco and Toy Story One, but is so difficult to compare these sorts of films, but I think in what Toy Story 2 is doing it's close, to, I think it's probably the pinnacle of that sort of That I mean, as we say, we've, we just ranked them we both put Toy Story 2 at the top, and I think there's a reason why, it's because it's a near flawless film, Yeah. I mean um, we talked about this in the last podcast but in case you forgot or missed it Toy Story 2 is now the, 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 like the highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 100% they couldn't find a bad negative review from the time. because um, so I, I don't know if you know how, when they when they do, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. do their things, that for older films, they take reviews from the time, not yeah. now, because there is always going to be one arsehole who's going to go, 232 isn't perfect because yeah. X, Y, I'm Dead just because yeah. he wants to be a fucking... Well, here's
1: the thing, it also hipster. surprises me as well that there are actually movies at 100% because you know how picky people are. Even yeah. I imagine even like when they were doing Citizen Kane in 1941, people would have had issues with that. And I know yeah, they, found shit, so. they, <laughs> <laughs> they found, obviously, that bad review of it. But I always think there's one twat who wants to be different from the pack, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Um, I always,
0: it, it, it's basically what happened with Paddington, because it was Paddington 2. And then they found one review of a guy who was just like, yeah, it's just a bear. It's a stupid film. And then they're like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to make it 99% now. And that's a just joke, like, isn't it? Like, Bullshit.
1: One <laughs> thing, so... I mean, we've been talking a lot about nostalgia of Toy Story 2, and then we obviously we're saying how good of films they are. There's one thing I actually think it has over Wally, which. Wally has the. It is visually striking, and then obviously it's. It, what you were talking about, like cinematic language, with it, the how it's able to convey something in the first 20 minutes of the film yeah. without barely uttering a word other than Wally or a noise from the robot. Yeah. It is genuinely spectacular, and I've said that. Bit where he goes out with the fire extinguisher is just I, stunning.
0: Genjuni is one of my favorite visual sequences in any film. I yeah. just it just it just touches uh, innards of me that you know I think yeah. a lot of films struggle. I do think
1: Toy Story Two actually has more scenes that I pick out not for visually being visually striking, but actually more just for how much awareness they have in the writing and in the way that they make the scene. Mm. Like to me, it's like. It's not just about the scene that's, like, overly satisfying when he's, like, being put mm. together. But then, obviously, they've got the bit, the sort of montage of Jesse. And then also, yeah. like, on an entertainment level, they've got the bit where the toys are crossing the road.
0: So which funny. is so
1: funny. And it's also, like, when you watch it at that age, yeah, there's a genuine feeling they're going to get crushed by this, yeah. like, massive thing. Yeah. Um, and there's so many great scenes like that. I love the scene where they go into the... Um, into the toy shop. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, com- it's a combination of just scene after scene. Of- and I remember that thing when I was younger, you know, when they go into the baggage bit and they oh, go, they go, yeah. under and it's just like this, like entire, it's this entire world of like yeah, <laughs> luggage insane, on conveyor yeah. belts. Um, I think there's something not visually striking in the same way as Wally, but just, an understanding of making every scene great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't
0: think there's any point in Toy Story 2 no. that ever feels like it. No. it's not that I think there's one in Wally either, but I feel like Toy Story 2 just has this. Quite, it just never dips. Yeah, ever. I don't think there's any point of it that it's it. It makes sequences that I think lesser filmmakers would make inconsequential something as yeah. simple as like when Buzz is fighting Zerg on the elevator i think a lot of people would play that for laughs and be like a pop culture reference but there's something about it that genuinely hits home and yeah. it's so funny and it's like there's just things that you just think would be like again there's what i don't know why this stands out to me but when they're watching tv and ham is flicking on the tv remote so fast to try and find Um, uh, Al's Toy Barn and it's just things like that that I just think are so funny (laughs) but they're so inconsequential that it's just a little it could just be a little throwaway scene but it's treated with such care and such passion which is it still boggles me that when they were going to make the film it was going to be a straight to DVD they didn't think it was going to do anything and then when they actually started making it they were like oh this is going to be good this is going to
1: be good well I mean obviously that was around the time that obviously uh, Disney I know that, well, I know it's Pixar at this point. Yeah. But I imagine there was some, um, there was some, you know, the people were following what Disney were doing at the time probably. And obviously around that time and you've got the weird Lion King sequels. Oh, yeah. That I'm pretty sure went straight to DVD. Oh, Dis- yeah. Disney obviously had a habit of doing the straight to DVD thing. So maybe Pixar were like, maybe that's a good idea to do. Yeah, just to make a bit of extra cash or whatever. you yeah, but and then you like, realise that they're probably, you know, they play the the best film ever made according to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. You know when they're making that, you don't well, want to do that. It's,
0: again, just just talking about individual scenes and stuff as well. It's like you know you, you know what you were talking about about. This is what I mean by like um, the quality of filmmaking. By the way, that they always um, they they think ahead. So you know, there's a really funny little joke of Al going to work and he's like, I've got to drive all the way to work. It's a Sunday, all right. and he literally just crosses the road <laughs> yeah. and It takes yeah, time yeah, yeah. For like five seconds, yeah. but then. The toys have to cross the road, and it's such a big monumental thing. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's a funny joke then being in the cones. But as you say, it's scary when you're a kid. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen to them. Yeah. and it and that's a, quite a long sequence of getting them into the toy barn. But for Al, yeah. it's just.
1: But also it, crossing it, the road, it puts you with that first scene of Al's toy barn. It kind of puts you in that uh, mind frame of the toy, just to kind of make you realise like. So, and size wise, yeah, You know, yeah, what's yeah. going on and it's it is it's it just, such a great scene. It just
0: reminds you that they're toys, yeah, they? because something that I think Toy Story does is makes you makes them so relatable and so human because it's something that I think that because of you know you're talking about um the montage with Jesse earlier. Like yeah. it that's heartbreaking. Isn't it is. It? And there's it really a lot is. of people I think who can who can feel feel um get emotional because of that. Whether it's Something that has happened to them, whether they have you know abandonment issues, or if people like me is the idea of a dog or a cat being abandoned in a box in a by the side of a road yeah, is yeah, fucking yeah. heartbreaking. This would me mean well.
1: about universality with Pixar, exactly. isn't it? It's not just about a toy being left behind; it's about being abandoned.
0: And it's made in it's made in a way that you just you can read it however definitely yeah. you want. And I absolutely love that. And yeah, yeah, and it, it's just something about those films that obviously as we say many times, they've come on, they've emotionally matured to the point where they can just talk about things um, in a more concise way. Yeah. Um, Whereas back then, I feel like they were unsure whether or not they could potentially make things in a concise way. So they made it, as you say, just universal and you take what you want from it. And I think it just works in its favour. That's why it's timeless.
1: Yeah, I think so. Do you... Because to be honest we are talking about all this timeless stuff and I know we said about Coco feeding, we got the feeling that Coco probably has the potential I think because of the sort of monumental staple that Pixar's left on popular culture in the past like 30 years mm. it's hard to say that all the movies that are like we even consider to be in this tournament won't have that element yeah, yeah. yeah maybe you get, when you get bottom lower down the list I'm talking about like Brave and maybe onward yeah if that gets a bit you know 30 years or so maybe they're going to be pretty forgotten mm. but i think toy story and i think wall-e as well with 100 percent, like it's one of their iconic ones yeah there's there's no way that people will forget that yeah i know even up for example which i know i think people are bigger on than me and you are um that will be around for a while i think for sure so...
0: even if it's just the Opening sequence because I mean I feel I feel like that's why people regard up so high because that opening sequence is one of the best things Pixar's ever done. It might even be the best thing Pixar's ever done. Yeah, it's One of the most outstanding things I've ever watched. And well, you talk, you just talk about like you know you're talking about the impact it has. Like something as stupid as TikTok, people use the up that music. In TikToks for like <laughs> emotional or silly yeah. or fun little like like you know where it's at the start and it's really sort of quirky mm. and fun and bouncy. They use that in TikToks nowadays, it's just like you. Half the the people who might be making these TikToks might not even realise no. what they're using it from, no. which is just mind boggling to me. But just yeah. the impact that sort of thing has and the importance of music like that as well. But yeah. and we're talking about up now, but I do think this relates. To I also. love I,
1: I love how we knocked up out in the first round and basically we. Well, we, we, I mean, we said good things about it, but we mostly slated it for yeah. being not as good as the opening. And now yeah. we're in the semi-final, and we're now saying how good it is. Yeah, but we're only talking about the opening. <laughs> yeah, that's do you true. know what I mean? That like the true. rest
0: of the film is is whatever for me, but yeah. that opening is just, yeah. You know, we have a strange relationship with Wally that when we first watched it, we didn't really like it. But obviously, going to study film at university, we had a lot of lecturers who talk about Wally a lot and I mean you can go online and then the critical consensus just universal acclaim mm. and for me th- this didn't happen at university but for me when I realized the critical acclaim for Wally, that was when I had to rethink my like re-watching it because at the time I just thought it was like oh, whatever I don't really like it and then seeing the universal acclaim a few years later I was like ah oh, actually I was probably just a stupid teenager I'm gonna give it another chance and then that's when I'm like ah oh, I get it now mm. um and although I think quite a lot of Pixar films have that universal acclaim, I, there's something about Wally for me that has always stood out a little bit more. You hardly ever find anyone who says a bad word about Wally. Shit, it's just crap, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know how I got this far, but no. Um, are you ready to? Are you ready to do it then?
1: Yes. Yeah. Do you so. wanna?
0: Do you wanna go first? I went first for the last one. Do you wanna go first?
1: I don't know. The last time I went first, you crushed all my dreams and inside out was knocked out so well, i'm going it out again gonna, you're gonna say inside <laughs> out and i'm gonna say wally again um sure i'll go first um i'm gonna pick toy story 2 i think i have all i've underestimated wally for a very long time in that i've like we said we i had an issue with it It was maybe just because i was a teenager and i just decided that all pixar films were teen uh, were for kids mm. I rewatched it, and I do think Wall-E is absolutely spectacular. It's one of their best, but I just don't think that, like I was talking about, the awareness it has with every scene, the like pure, just craft that's put into every scene, and pure enjoyment that's put into every scene of Toy Story 2. I just don't think Wall-E has that consistency all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like I said, I, I've always, I've always thought that. I know you kind of came back on it last time and said that the obviously the humans are a huge part of Wally because you know the message is for the humans in that I always found it more interesting when it was just about Wally and Eva yeah and then so I, I never found like the side stories of humans that particularly interesting in Wally, and yeah. I think whereas while, while I've changed my mind slightly about it, I do still think that. Toy Story 2 is pretty flawless from top mm-hmm. to bottom, so that's why that's why I picked Toy Story 2.
0: I'm going to pick Toy Story 2 as well. Um, I think for pretty much exactly the same. Like, although I think higher of the human element, the human sections of Wally than you, I still do agree that I prefer everything between Eva and Wally, and I don't think there's any point in Toy Story where I go, oh, I prefer these characters sequences to these character sequences i don't think there's any part where you have that even if it's a small dip i don't think you have any part that's the that dips yeah. i think it just stays at a level and just doesn't go from it yeah. which is sad to see Wally go i'm glad it got this far because i do have an affinity for it um but you know soul crushing as this tournament is it's got to go. That's it. We can never watch it again. It's a
1: piece of shit. Look, I'm telling you, mate, I checked out after Inside Out was gone. So. <laughs> <laughs> By this point, I'm just doing it to sabotage you. Um,
0: we are down to our final then. So, our final is uh, Coco versus Toy Story 2. Yes. Before we go into it, did you think this was going to be our final too?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> you thought Inside Out was going to be there, didn't you? Yes. Um, I've always been. On the, I think it would have been between for me, Toy Story Two, Coco, and Inside Out. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I have no issue with these two. Um, I will forever be salty for the rest of my life. Inside <laughs> out, didn't even make it to the semi-final. Yeah, it's a piece of <laughs> but, shit. Um, isn't it? Uh, so right, right. You're salty about Soul, so you know we'll just move over that. The fact
0: it didn't make it fast first round. Right. Well,
1: I mean, it barely made it onto the sixteen. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, I think it's a. I think it was a final that. I think these two were probably always going to come up against each other at some yeah, point and it yeah. was just depending on whether it was going to be in the final or it was going to be there.
0: As, as I I just want to say before we go into it is that I agree the final three for me I thought was going to be Inside Out, Coco and Toy Story 2. So this isn't much of a surprise but I tried to not compare them in my head going into we've had quite a lot of time in doing it. It's taken us quite a lot of time to finish this and I've tried to not think about it too much but even when I have slipped into I wonder, I wonder, I wonder it's been incredibly hard to compare them because one of the reasons we put Coco over Toy Story is because it doesn't have quite the same emotional resonance which I think Toy Story 2 does have yeah. a lot of emotional resonance yeah. in uh, but
1: also like when you, the other side of that is that I've been trying to think of a way to like formulate how to say this in that we're both very nostalgic about Toy Story 2 but in our own way we have our own nostalgia about Coco absolutely, yeah. which is that it was came out in a time when we were like peak uh, film buffs uh, mm. film nerds which you know we still are but because we had a lot of free time when we were students we were watching incredible copious amounts of yeah, films yeah i mean I, th-
0: I think i think th- this was not 2017 yeah so i think i probably watched over 300 films that year because that mm. was the year of la la land arrival yeah. manchester by the sea Yeah, it was a, it was year. a phenomenal year i i think personally
1: yeah. but i think um yeah so i think in a way it's sort of like i don't know. there's probably like a way to describe that is that they're just like a it's like a, a new nostalgia for us, right? Yeah. Um, and it may not be nostalgia in the sense of, well, like we were watching it as kids, but we were watching it as people who appreciated and analysed films a bit more, like, um, concise, I would say. So it's very difficult in that sense. And like you said, obviously, Toy Story 2 kind of. Mm-hmm. Almost matches Coco's emotionality and maturity because mm. um, it's probably the first instance, especially with that Jesse montage, in which like a Pixar film, and that's only their third film. Bearing in mind that they yeah. decided to, that they could be that kind of film, they could do something like that. Yeah, um, and, and again, it comes back to that thing with like you know, Toy Story and all these early ones walked, so things like Coco could run. Absolutely. Um, and you know, and that's not me saying that basically Toy Story two is has it over Coco because I think Coco does has has because of that ability to run, yeah, it has that ability to explore more, absolutely. Yeah. And I also think representation still is important because that nineteen ninety nine was still the time when Pixar weren't, you know, they weren't not that they didn't want to, but like, you know, their films weren't that, that wasn't their first things. They didn't want to be like representative. Mm-hmm. Whereas Coco is a massive representation. Mm-hmm. So it's. <sighs> I say this is the hardest one yet. It's the farmer. It was always going to be the hardest one yet. um, It's easy for me. I find it. it, it, uh, (laughs) You're just a fucking pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's actually easy for me. It's inside out. But, uh, you know, we move. We move. Um, But I don't know. Where are you at with this? I'm not asking you final consensus, but like...
0: Yeah, it's difficult because... I agree with everything you said, by the way. It's it's difficult because we're going to have... We have such similar opinions on these two films, which is really annoying.
1: Because we've been gushing about films. Is there anything negative? I'm talking like the most nitpicky thing. Is there anything negative you have of these two films?
0: Toy Story 2. Okay. The... So, I get right, this is going to sound so (laughs) inconsequential, but this is the... Final sequence has, or one of the final sequences has them s- rescuing Woody from
1: the plane. Are you going to be start talking about the logic of a toy horse no, keeping the airplane? No, up no, no, aeroplane? no, no. I'm not. I mean,
0: the toy horse keeping the plane is honestly, genuinely, whatever for me. I don't really care about that. Whatever. Yeah. They they are toys that have come to life. If they want to have a horse keeper on the plane, it's like okay, whatever. No, for me, it's more about. And again, this is just this is so nitpicky. It. But I don't feel like what happens uh, resonates with or like, like has much to do with a lot of the bigger issues the film's talking about. So for me, a big part of Toy Story 2 is about uh, abandonment. And there yeah. is obviously, they're not abandoning Woody, but that's kind of it this is so this is, is so nitpicky. But like right. them rescuing him from a plane, I don't think there's much nuance to what's going on.
1: Well, I think the abandonment, a lot of it, I know that is a big part of it, but a lot of that also comes through Jesse. Yeah. And Jesse's ending is to trust again yeah yeah that's that's well, not it's I'm not saying, about being abandoned it's about learning to trust again which well you yeah, know what but, happens
0: yeah yeah i know i i yeah i know i i'm saying this is very very nitpicky <laughs> yeah. i just don't think the ending of having them rescuing Woody from the plane and yeah. trusting i don't they're going think for, it's for more like
1: excitement over a like, nuance. a nuanced thing yeah yeah
0: like like i mean if we can you know we mentioned soul earlier i think soul's ending has a lot of nuance to it yeah but, but because of that I don't think the younger audiences are going to get it right away. Yeah. So I feel like with Toy Story 2 you you doing that ending it's not this is what I mean it's so nitpicky because I think yeah, Toy no, Story yeah, 2 is course, so good. Yeah, yeah. As we were saying earlier I don't think the quality dips at all. So it's not like it's it's like for me it's just like the tiniest bit where i was like okay maybe it, it could have been maybe a tiny fraction better if the ending was slightly more nuanced. Yeah. But it's just like so,
1: so, so Phil hates Toy Story 2, basically. Yeah, basically the film. Um, I'm trying no, to think. So of, the only what? reason I asked that was just because obviously we spend so much time gushing. Yes. And almost you, because in our heads we're like, I don't know how to separate the two. Yes. Sometimes it has to come down to that nitpicky stuff, doesn't it?
0: I do have one thing to say about Coco as well.
1: Okay. There is
0: a minor twist in it where Miguel goes in and he thinks
1: yes. That, yes. that
0: someone is his father. Yeah. Uh, well, this is spoilers, aren't they? He thinks someone's his father. Turns out it's not someone else's father. I do
1: think. Do you see that coming? It's kind
0: of obvious. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. For me, like, I don't really. I didn't care. Like, I saw it coming, but I was like, I'm still here for the ride.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's the same with both points. Is that if you had an issue with the Toy Story, and it's like you don't have a big enough issue for it to be like that's a bad ending. Yeah, I
0: would never mention it unless you said. Yeah. yeah. The what's the nitpick? And the same thing. with me. Like,
1: yeah. but in a way, because that's like a they're not. I don't think they're really, like, trying to, like... I know they're trying to surprise you because it is kind of a twist, but it's, like, to what extent do they... If you're if a kid was watching that, would they see that coming?
0: No. I don't think a kid would. No, do that, I no. don't think
1: they would. And I think that's the important thing Absolutely, when yeah. you're watching a family f- film. Because it came out, like if they did like a usual suspects level of <laughs> twist, and everyone was like, what the fuck kids, kids would be like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is what I mean, by yeah. soul, where yeah, I think, yeah.
0: I think, although I think soul is incredible, I don't think it is quite as uh relatable for younger audiences. I don't know if they're going to relate to the incredibly existential themes and the way it ends as well, because the way it ends is very ambiguous. Um, you know, he, the way that he kind of just walks out the house the big smile yeah, on his yeah, face. Yeah. The film just ends, mm. you know. I feel like if they were making it for a younger audience, they could have put in something about, you know, him saying how happy he is now and he's going to go and live this... Mm. He's going to go and live the life that he wants to live. You
1: get all... It's all implied. Like could just poke him on it. Yeah, they <laughs> just...
0: He just looks directly in the camera and just reads the themes <laughs> yeah. from the script. But no, I...
1: Uh, See, now I... It's probably got worse for me now because now I've asked that question... I was. I actually thought I was leaning one way. Are you not? And now I'm back to being dead center <laughs> with both of them. So it's. Like, I mean, there is also a time limit on this. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, as we speak, we've got somewhere to go. <laughs> yes. Um But maybe it's better if we just actually just do it. Just vote. Should, should we just see have a and we let's yeah. let's go knee-jerk reaction for the ending? Okay.
0: Um, do you want me to go first?
1: You go first cause I'm.
0: I'm... Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go Coco. Right. And pretty much the only reason I'm going to go Coco is that I think the things it's talking about, not necessarily that they're more important in terms of, like, the grand scheme of things. I think they're more important now.
1: Yes. And
0: yeah. and I think... Because, I mean, I'm not saying that the things it's talking about are more important than the things that it's talking about in Toy Story 2. I just think it's more relevant now. And I do also think... That um, the way it talks about death and the afterlife, yeah, I think it is a beautiful way to talk about these sorts of things with kids. know when we talk about inside out, we talked about how inside out is essentially saying for young audiences it's okay to be in touch with emotions, it's okay to cry it's okay yeah, to, yeah, yeah, and course, I, yeah. I feel like this is a way that a lot of when I was young I lost some of my grandparents yeah, yeah, and you don't really know how to, when you're young, it's really, really hard to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah, and I think Coco is trying to find a way to help audiences deal with, that because it's essentially saying they're okay. Just don't forget them. You need to keep them yeah, close. Yeah, you, you, need see, you need to get them close to you. Yeah. And they'll always be with you and they'll always be there. And <clears> I think, <throat> although I do, as I say, I think everything in toy story two is really important. I think it's doing something that is going to resonate with kids in a more existential way, I know it sounds really pretentious, but yeah. Well, I
1: know we had that. Uh, well, it wasn't as much as an argument. We had the discussion about Soul, and that you quite liked that as well for that similar reason. Yeah, could, yeah. Uh, whereas I, it wasn't that necessary that I thought it was too existential for kids to understand. It was just I think it was walking a fine line of yeah, view, yeah, yeah. And sometimes along the way, it can dip into that. I know this isn't about Soul though. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, I think Coco. It isn't walking a fine line. It's just doing something very important to tell kids. Um, so I feel like... I'm have not going to lie. De- you have, made a decision? I have made my decision. I'm not going to lie. It was... I was leaning one way, but I've actually gone the other way. So I'm yeah. picking Coco. Right. It's so our winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is our winner. So there you go. Coco to us is the best. And the reason I was leaning towards Toy Story 2 is the whole thing we said about the fact that everything we said that Coco has over Toy Story... Toy Story Two doesn't have the same problem as Toy yeah, Story, for sure. In that it's become more mature, and obviously, but also has that thing where it's like one of the first ones. Yeah. But I think what you're saying about Coco with representation and how it's handling—I, to be honest, with everything that goes on in Coco, the visual, the visual, like, just it's so beautiful. Yeah. And then like the music is full of life and everything. You kind of forget that kids are going to be watching this, and obviously. But a big portion of the film is about the afterlife. Mm. So it's actually, you kind of forget that that's quite a dangerous path to take when you're making a, a not a kid's film, but a family film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very brave. Um, so that's probably why I think I'm picking it.
0: It's it, it We're splitting hairs yeah, so but much. But when we here. first
1: went into it, I thought I was going to go Toy Story 2. So did I. Yeah. So did
0: I. But I, I managed to swing myself because we're splitting hairs so yeah. much here. And I think it just, as I say, I think it just comes down to the fact that I think. That stuff just gives it a slight edge, and I don't. Although I think the scene with Jesse is incredibly emotional, I do think Miguel playing "Remember Me" to Mama Coco is just absolutely definitely, definitely. and it's it's stunning and it's beautiful in the way you know she ends up remembering.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but there check you go. Thinking
0: about it, it's it's such a good film.
1: Yeah. Um I think, There you go. That's I what you... think. I think. Uh, I think everyone will be alright with that.
0: I think so. I mean, there's gonna. I think there's going to be some Toy Story purists out there. And,
1: I'm quite glad we we both agreed on the same film. I didn't want it to end with us being Disagreed disagreement. But the, but the
0: thing is, I imagine Toy Story 2 probably yeah. has a critical there, consensus yeah. online. And it, it, would re, it would be really, really sad to have our, you know, we're choosing what we think is the best Pixar film be decided by, by someone other else. By people, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm really glad we did too. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, this four-part Pixar series um it's been a roller coaster it's been a ride it's been fun though um (laughs) i'm
1: just gonna say uh now it's all over um i love inside out (laughs) Uh, i don't think anyone got that yeah no no i i'm i'm happy coco won but i think you know in the future we want to keep doing these tournaments because although they do stress us the fuck out um they are really fun to do uh you know we've me and Phil have sort of been in talks to do like a very large one. You know, we're talking 128 films across every film ever made, and that will be probably won't come to you for like four years. <laughs> We've got still, lot of films to watch. We, yeah. we made
0: we made a, like a, a pool of films that we felt like we needed to watch before making the list, and it was like 180 films, wasn't yeah. it? So,
1: but hopefully we could do some smaller ones. You know, directors, uh, studios, kind of maybe some genre ones. Who knows? But, yeah, hopefully you can look out for those.
0: If you've got any recommendations, let us know of things of sort of pools of films that you want us to hear what we think are the best one. We'll, we'll crush your dreams <laughs> by making sure the one you think's the best doesn't go through. But, yeah, No, I'm kidding, of course. But I hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, you can find the podcast on all your podcast platforms or on anchor.fm uh, slash uh, Real Film Podcast. But, you know, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play... All of those things. You can go to realreviewing.com to read our reviews. Um, You can find me on the Twitter at Philson Wilson.
1: You can find me at cospjord. Uh,
0: And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Real Reviewing. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this. Let us know if you disagree with our opinions and why Toy Story 2 should have beaten Coco.
1: Or why Inside Out should have won the whole thing.
0: (laughs) No one's going to be with you there. It's a piece of shit now, I'm kidding. All right, well, we'll hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.